Amen. Asanteni sana. Thank you, Pastor Jade. You know, I love the support of the team here at Mavuno South. It's a powerful team. And uh, I feel very encouraged whenever I come here because I don't have that full backing. Can see Lewis. Is, uh, is it your wedding? <laughs> it's great. Last time I white trousers, I was the only one with white trousers. So Leo nikaogopa kuongeza tie hapa. But thank you so much, Tim. Have you noticed this dial is going like from here to here? Million many full. I think we filled this uh, someone series, eh? But it's been a great time. Now, just a quick thought that I want to share. We've been reading through the New Testament. We're now in the book of John. And it struck me the importance of thanksgiving. This, um, Jesus comes to feed the 5,000. And what does he do? He takes a bread. He gives thanks. In fact, it so struck the, the disciples that later in John, you will read that he talks about uh, in, this, in the place where Jesus gave thanks and fed the 5,000. So it was very striking that it's because he gave thanks, the 5,000 were fed. Similarly, I think in today's or yesterday's reading, Lazarus, he does not, no, he gives thanks to God and then he calls Lazarus out. Powerful, eh? And so I'd like to encourage us, and I've been learning that, to just be people of thanksgiving. In fact, start your prayer time with thanksgiving. Most prayer fathers recommend start your prayer with thanksgiving to God. Because it, through it, you acknowledge that he is God and you give thanks. And if you remember Romans chapter 1, it talks about the way people slide into, you know, wayward things. And it says it's because they did not acknowledge him as God and give him thanks. That's not the someone for today. But to make a thanksgiving, so I'm so grateful this morning myself. I give thanks to God for this opportunity to be here. You know, we were talking with a believer here. It was very nice to see. We were flanked by our children. It was very powerful, I think. It felt very nice. And so I thank God for our children, and I thank God that he has given us the opportunity to disciple them in the ways of the Lord. Amen. Now, the events of this, what I'm going to tell you, are based on a true story. The characters and the locations have been altered in order to hide the identity <laughs> of the individuals. Eh? So there's this guy, let's call him Jim. Jim lived in Ronapa, Kenyari. It's a flat. It's a place I used to live there, Kenyari flats. Two-bedroom house, you know, wife and two children, a typical corporate guy, you know, starting out in career, somewhere going to midstream. And then all of a sudden, he gets a wonderful job with, a, with some huge international corporate, an M M MNC, multinational corporation, yeah? And his salary goes whoosh, Six figure, you know, paid in dollars sometimes, eh? and then, and then, he suddenly decides, oh, let me, oh, because I'm now elevated, let me buy a house, a marionette. So he goes on and starts buying a marionette in the same area, South Bay, and he starts to renovate the marionette. Right? He gets it on mortgage, 
kidogo he upgrades his car then he decides ah balaku ka pa south b shwa wacha niende runda so he goes to runda rents a place huge compound living the life right and then so he becomes his place becomes the the go to for hosting in fact una kwa super host because people are always coming in and all children again watoa hapo international school one of those aga khan something schools waweke huko ndani you know live the life and it goes on but then a little like two years later he loses his job job in a napotea and he like every man anadua kwanza you know a deer in the lights psh, what do i do but it takes so long to make a decision that kidogo he moves from the house but reserves have gone low you know the school is expensive the house is expensive the life is expensive and suddenly he has to go psh, all the way to the outer suburbs of nairobi to a small house and because he's not able to service his mortgage the house is repossessed and he is left jobless and in a tough situation the children actually end up going into a public school eh? from from the international school true story with some adjustments of course now my question would be to you if you were jim no first what would you tell jim at the start of his career to six figure dollar salaries what would you tell him and then what would you have done if you were him and now in his situation what would you tell him you go out of suburbs public school struggling being supported by family and friends well we've been talking about this series when the going gets tough financial principles for thriving in uncertain times let me just take the opportunity to introduce myself I'm Benson Masharia one of the campus pastors here and there's a friend of mine who is also here for the first time Maxima for the first time but I know he's here for the first time so we will just when 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 we finish the service first time visitors usually come here so sita kuanika saa hizi utakuja tu hapa baadaye and join he's one of my good friends a student from RTI let me not go beyond that mtamjua ni nani So we've been talking about when the going gets tough and we've been talking about four basic kingdom principles that help us to thrive in difficult and uncertain times. And we talked about the first principle, we called it the ownership principle, which states that God owns everything. Everything I own belongs to God. He owns it, I manage it. Another point we say that God wants us to live a fear-free a focused and a fruitful life that is able to meet our needs god is able to meet our needs and therefore we give thanks to him through our giving because everything comes to him from him that's what we talked about and then we talked about um the entrepreneurship principle and this is a principle of the fact that we are created to be creators we are created to be creators and we say that we should not be looking for a job we should be looking for work or problems to solve for people and that way we are able to earn and build an income and then last week we talked about the retention principle which states that i must retain a portion of whatever i get and we learned that a consumer mentality makes me god's enemy we also said a few other things we also said fundamentally it starts with 
the renewal of our minds. It starts with accepting that God wants us to have an abundance. And abundance is not just, it's not lacking, it's not being, having enough, it's having more than enough so that we're able to share with others and meet the needs of other people. And I'm hoping that you're convinced by now that how you handle money is an extremely spiritual matter. Remember, we went into lengths about why it is important for us to talk about money. And that these principles are principles that work. You know, it's like the law of gravity. It will work whether you accept it or not. It will operate in your life. Okay, okay walk off a tall building, you'll go down. And I've, I've sort of wondered, I've, maybe I'm wrong, but I've been sensing as though there may be some here who are feeling you're talking above our heads. Things are not good down here. You know, you may have been feeling like uh, you don't know my situation. I don't have a job. My rent is unpaid. My kule shuleni, I'm having a, a plan with the school that I'm struggling to catch up with because I don't have enough. You may be even having a sick loved one who you're funding and supporting or ex needs by extended family members who depend on you. extended family. You could be in debt. You could be feeling like I've been stuck in my position for so long I have not advanced. You could be saying, I am a student. But I like to say as we get into today's uh, someone, and I would like us to, at the end of this, towards the end, I think I'll give us an opportunity to open up a conversation. I want us to truly, my, my desire is that we would get to accepting and beginning to apply these principles in our lives. Because until we do that, circumstances are badlika. And let's talk, let's talk. So prepare if you have a, you know, a question, a thought, something to add to what you are saying, the conversation, I'll open it up and we'll talk together and see what we can say to the end of this. But let's turn then to our fourth principle, which is the multiplication principle. It's a multiplication principle. And we've been having as our anchor scripture, Luke chapter 19, verse 11 to 27. And you know the text, you know the story right now very well. Eh? It talks about this nobleman, uh, he, he was going to a distant country to be appointed as king, and therefore he called 10 of his servants and gave each each of them, Amina. And then he told them what? He told them to put that money to work until he came back. Uh, some, some of his subjects tried to follow him up to prevent him from being made a king, but nevertheless he was made a king and he was able to come back. And when he came back, he called his servants and asked for the, what they had done with it. And so you know the first one came and said, yeah, well, you give me one Mina. It has brought ten more. And then he told him, well done, good and faithful servants. Because you've been trustworthy in very small matter, take a charge of ten cities. The second one came and said, sir, your mina has earned me five more. So the first one was ten, the second was five more. Same thing, good and faithful servants, servant, take charge of five cities. And the third one came and said, hey, Mimi, I went and put it under my pillow, and here it is, I give it back to you. And he said he was afraid of going out to do anything with it. And you know what he responded? He called him a wicked servant and uh, castigated him for not having even put his mina into a saving 
where it could earn some interest and you'd come and get the interest. And then he calls the others and he says, come, those who are trying to prevent me from king, the assumption that included those seven who just wasted what they were given. And that's what we're talking about consumer. They just went and ate it up. Come, kill them before me. And that's what happens. And and, and um, from, so, and, and we see that from managing a small amount, I mean, that was something equivalent to three or four months' salary by the current Denise. Just from managing that well, you can see the huge gain that those who uh, did something got. Because from that three to four months' salary, they ended up being governance of 10 cities, five cities, which is a, an extravagant jump from what they had before because they were faithful. And that's why it says in Luke 15.10, Jesus himself says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Right? And so even the one who retained, uh, he was told, basically, you did not do what you're supposed to do. And even though he had saved the money, he did not do anything with it. He just put it in the ground as it were. And the master was not happy with him. He, he actually asked, couldn't you just have put it as something that earns interest? And so I think the principle here is it's not just saving. It's not just putting aside what you have. It's investing it and making it grow. And that's the multiplication principle. You see, some of us may not be consumers. We actually have saved. But if we just leave it lying idle there, it won't benefit us. We could be frugal, but if all it does is sit in the account, it's not going to help us because it's, it's a seed that is supposed to be planted and multiplied. In fact, if you look at the current statistics right now, it is said that the Kenya shilling in the last two or three years has lost value by about 29%. And so if you had 100 shillings two years ago, Right now, you have an equivalent of 66, 67 shillings just by loss of value because of <coughs> inflation. And so if you're not putting in your money that is getting an interest higher than about 14%, you're basically eroding your value, basically eroding your value. And that's why it's important as a kingdom steward to multiply your money. And the way we multiply our money as kingdom stewards is to put it into assets. Put your money into assets. And usually we say that an asset is anything that puts money into your pocket. Net-net, it adds money into your pocket. A liability is something that takes money from your pocket. And so some things, we may think they're assets, but they're not. For instance, if it's a car that I own, if it's not bringing me money, you know, as maybe an Uber car or it's rented or something, it remains a cost for me. It takes money away from me. It doesn't give me money. And so in essence, the car is a liability. It, it keeps taking money from me as I go along. It's not adding money. It's not an asset. But an asset is one that adds money. And you see, God's promise to us is not to give us wealth. The promise is that it says this in Deuteronomy 8.18, and we said it this last time that remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. So he gives us the ability to produce wealth. And so 
when you earn, uh, and you know, someone has said, your boss is just there to give you the money. Wewe sasa niwe ujijenge, ujisaidie to create wealth. Your salary does not, he's not giving you salary for wealth. It is you who needs to do something with it to create wealth. And it's sometimes those people who earn a lot of money, like Jim, who actually end up being broke because they live a lifestyle that is so high that they can't sustain it without their salary. If it's salary, because they've not put it into assets. They've put it into things that consume, and since they're able to fund that consumption, they're okay until that, until that supply of funds is cut. And so, why do the rich get richer? They ask. Some people say, oh, new Kora, new Nini Nini, but actually, a good number of them have learned the principle of multiplying wealth. They put their money into assets. They are those who actually, yeah, will be unjust and corrupt and so on, but they're actually those who employ their funds and put it into the way that it grows and multiplies over time. You see, it say that money always walks away from the hands of those who don't use it well to the hands of those who know how to multiply it. And so is my example of Jim. It walked away from him to those who are able to know how to multiply it. So how can we become good at multiplying what God gives us? I'm going to share a few tips um, on the practice of the multiplication principle. And then, like I've said, in the end, I'd like us to have a little discussion. One of the things you need to do is to master your time. They say time is money. It's actually time is more valuable than money because you can, you, you can multiply money, but you can't multiply time. Everybody has been given a fixed amount of time, and it is what you use with that time that would help us to produce money. So, in, so it says, basically, invest time in knowing and educating yourself about money. So don't just... The, problem, the challenge with us is that most of us were not taught about how to deal with money. Even perhaps our parents did not know very well about how to uh, manage money. Some of us were a bit lucky. Our parents gave us a few tips and ensured we did things the right way, and so we picked it up. And it becomes easier, even now for your children, to teach them these things as they grow so that it becomes normal for them. We came out here, we just saw things going along, we tried, we failed, and I'm sure if you open up stories here, especially for those who are closer to my age, they'll have numerous stories about the errors that they have made because they were not taught properly. And we at Mavuno really are, have an emphasis on teaching people about money because as we have said, it's very core to how we live. And if we're able to do that, then even our spiritual lives will align. And you've heard about the course that Pastor M does, Couples and Money. I showed you a video here of Rina Hicks. You can go online. She teaches a lot about money. These are Mavunites who um, are applying their passion and their calling to helping people grow in the area of money. And so, so you see, there's, there's, there are no shortcuts to multiplying money. You must invest time in acquiring the knowledge about to do that. Here's what King Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 3 to 4. He says, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. He also says in Proverbs chapter 19, 
It's not good for a person to be without knowledge. And he who hurries his footsteps errs. Araka, araka, aina baraka. Ukikimbia to be rich, aina araka. So you need to purpose to grow in wisdom and understanding and know about wealth. And I know, for instance, I've, in my life I've rented trouble. And one of the things I got in trouble with was pyramid schemes. Uh, you've heard my story. You know, about, there was one that was very convincing because it was talking about Ville, they're investing in uh, technology. I think that's a time that we were beginning this ride of technology, Safaricom, they were called Sasanet. What were Sasanet? Me, I invested Sasanet into Sasanet. It was looking good. Hey, that 14, 15% per month paid post dated. Unaweka hivi pesa unapewa checks post dated for the whole year. Yeah. So me, I took, it's, I, let me just, a quick story. I took the money that I had saved up for my wedding, so I put it in there, time, sorted. Month two, check your kwanza went through. After that, <laughs> And so when it looks too good, be careful. You need, to understand, you need to understand the fundamentals around what is making the money, especially. If you don't understand something, don't invest in it. That's usually the principle. And so you invest time to understand this is what happens. There's a small prince that you also need to understand in some of these things. You know, others is people telling you, it's really back of envelope calculations, eh? Sasa, this biashara, you come in, you put in like this, uh, you know, you, you invest, you'll put in like one meter, yes, I one meter, imagine, it's this number of rooms, you get this much per room, Nini at the end of the year, at the end of the month, you have this much, atakama itakuwa ni kubaya, umepata 30% of this amount, sina kujaivi, you look at them, hey, 300k, on the basis of 1M. But then when you go in, you discover that some of these things, there, there are some things people do that you, you cannot do. You follow? As in, they need you to do, to cut corners in some places. They need you to, una need kuona watu wengine, kivitafauti. And then things will now work that way. And so when you get into it, you realize, my conscience won't allow me to do this thing. Yet I'm not doing it. I remember once there was a, not almost a Shylock. She, she was almost a Shylock. Uh, we, we, somebody we don't know very well, but we just best briefly, and they're telling us now how So what you do, you get this amount of money, they need funds, they can't go to banks, so you give them money at 15% per month, and then they pay. So you calculate, it's good money, isn't it? So we asked her, okay, and so how do you ensure that they bring the money back? Kuna some guys from CID, you have to have in your, in your, in your payroll, <laughs> so that you send them, they rattle those guys, they bring the money, and then you give them their cut. So it's a way of multiplying money, but there are some things perhaps you might not be able to do because of your faith and on your conscience. So you really need to be, understand how it is. And then some things may appear like investments, they are assets, but they might end up not saving you money. Uh, this is a story, I, 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 okay, details are hidden, 
but a, pa- a friend of ours, a person we know very well, everybody, the Kenyan dream, so you have to have your home. So go out to Kitangela, you buy a plot, unasindilia nyumbaya, you know, you, you pour your heart into it. Paka <laughs> everything, even the furniture is custom designed. Unatengeneza hii window, vel unajua hii sofa itaingia hapa, and this will look like that. So it's your dream, you build it, call the pastors, they bless it, and then you move in. But then you discover that the cost of living there, at that time there was no uh, expressway. So you end up leaving home at five because your shuguli is in Nairobi, your wife is in Upper Hill, you are somewhere else in town. So you're leaving before five to come to town and then you leave after because if you go early, it will be jam. You leave after 7 p.m. to go home. So you never get to see your children. Your children, school bus, 5.30 a.m., they're coming to a school in, uh, in uh, maybe around here. They also come early, go home late. Now, because you're Uko Inje, now you have to think about your water. You have to employ your own security. You have to have dogs, because now Uko Mali is security. These dogs, zinakula kuliku watoto. Sio zile simba. No, 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 no. These are those dogs that bark, and you feel like the thing is reverberating, eh? So then, then because you're out there, the electricity, you have to have lights on throughout the night. So oh, when you go, you have to leave a caretaker. So now you start assessing all those things, because that's what this friend did. In the end, they're like, I'm actually spending more than renting a house in the city. And eventually, they actually moved from there and came to live in a place where now the children could walk to school. And it was much cheaper to rent the house and stay here than the investment of a home that was supposed to be an asset adding you money, not taking away. So sometimes we need to be careful also in understanding the kind of assets we need to get into that will give us, you know, net-net money and not to rely on, on that. And that's why even I encourage people, sometimes you might have a property like out there and building a house, because it's one of your dreams, eh? might be almost equivalent to buying a house here. You know, you're going there, you want to build a house of 10M at least, because it's a house of your dream. But perhaps if you paid 13, you'd be able to buy a house somewhere here that is nearer. And so it's good to weigh that, because the moment you add an asset to another one, and it's your home, you cannot release its value. You might be sitting on, now you have a plot of 3 million, you add 10 million. You're now sitting on 15 million. But until you leave there, exit, you cannot, it's not of benefit to you. It's only saving you your rent, right? And sometimes when you leave and go somewhere else, because of where it is, like this friend of ours, because you've waited a year to find someone to rent it. So there's also those things of understanding just what your investment means. So the second point is start now. You know, most people are looking for that one big deal that will take them to the next level. go to the next level. But those things hardly come, you know, unless it's a lottery. And even as I've said earlier, you might win the lottery, but if you don't know how to handle your money, it dwindles away, it walks away to those who know how to handle money, as the experience of many has been. And so you start now. Now that you're a student, 
Start applying these principles. Don't wait for when you have a big job or you have a salary that's bigger than what you have. You do it now because it takes time to build wealth. It says this to multiply wealth. It says this in Proverbs 13. Same Solomon is saying, dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. And so you might say, oh, me, I have a little money. Make it grow. Or even partner with others. You see other communities, which I may not mention here, have that networking and working together as groups that helps them to build funds that are able to do more than an individual. And even when you look at, uh, let me call it the lower middle class, Wasewa Boda, Wasewa Mathri, those guys are able to come together and join circles and build their money, you know, save their money and use their money to buy. You know, you know, you've seen stories of Boda Boda guys who are now moving into their homes because they went and bought a huge property together, they've split it up, and because they have saved over time, they've leveraged the power of many to be able to do more than, than the individual. And so we need to do that. Um, for us, especially as couples, I find that a good number of couples don't work together. And it's a principle of two are better than one. Scripture says one is able to chase a thousand, two are able to chase ten thousand. I mean, they'll teach it out there also in, in dynamics of teamwork. There's so much more you can do when you work together as a couple than when you work separately. Irrespective of how much money you have, you are better off working with your spouse. And these couples and money can teach you more about that, but I can tell you from my experience, I know where I would be if it was not for my wife. And just the fact that we've put our heads together, there's a sense of oneness, there's an alignment. You, couples and money says your money should also be married. Eh? So it's a principle. Two are better than one. And so my challenge to you as couples is come together and decide to do things together. There is power in multiplying when you are more than one. I know it could be difficult, but it's a journey that we must start if we are committed to one another and to getting ourselves out of the rat race, as they call it. And so I don't know what situation you may be in or whatever it is, but really, and we'll be praying at the end of this service, it is one of those things that I can tell you for, for sure will change how you are able to accumulate and multiply your wealth. And then the third, so we've talked about uh, the first principle, which I've said is uh, master your time, uh, know more about the investments. The second one is start now. And if you're not able to start on yourself, or by yourself, you can work with other people. And then the third thing is don't put your eggs in one basket. Never rely on one source of income uh, to take care of you. You know, because by the nature of the way economics goes, there are some dynamics in different sectors that they will tank at sometimes, and it's not everything that will tank. And so if you have spread out your investments, then you're able to, to uh, rely on income streams from another place. It says this in Ecclesiastes 11.2, invest in seven ventures. Yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. Yeah? 
cast your bread upon the waters. You do not know what disaster comes upon the land. In fact, financial planners will tell you, you should seek to have at least seven income streams, various ways of earning income. You know, so you have your salary, you have, um, you have invested in some um, money market instruments that earn you interest. You perhaps are doing something else uh, somewhere. And so you have more than one, you have some rental income. So you have more than one uh, income stream. Uh, we are still on that journey. <laughs> yeah, because some people, you know, and we, we, the next thing I'll be talking about is creating passive income. Um, let me also just say that at the same time, be careful not to make simultaneous investments. You might spread yourself too thin. You're trying to plow into your business here. You might end up with things that are unfinished, that eat your money and are not giving back, and yet you now don't have access to that money because you may work an unfinished structure. So again, just being able to balance that dynamic. Don't spread yourself too thin. But when it's done right, it means that even if something goes wrong with one of them, then you have something else, whether it's your job or some other income to support you in that time. This coming Wednesday's family night, Pastor M will be talking about the whole issue of um, several, how you can man earn money from several income streams. So it's something that you could uh, plan to have a look at, either then or at least to follow up with um, on, on YouTube later. So the fourth thing is that you should aim to create passive income. And passive income is simply when money works for you. Passive meaning that you don't have to put in a lot of effort into getting it, you know, to benefit you. Passive or near passive income. And that is things like, you know, when you have some rental income, so you rent out whatever you have, your houses, and they're able to give you that. It could even be students. There are students who will rent out things to other people, as long as they're legal things, eh? <laughs> You know, and in, in, in campus, there are very, very, very uh, entrepreneurial students who would lease and rent all manner of things, yeah, from laptops to, yeah, and do things out there. So it's, it's, it's something you can do. So, you know, you don't have to be there. It's making income for you. It's like when you have money and you put it into, you know, money market instruments, they'll pay you some interest, isn't it? You don't have to do anything. Your interest just falls in choop, into your account. And that way you're able to continue to do other things. In fact, it is said that we need to... You remember last time we said, we know that right now it's our active years. In the future, we will not be as active. And so we need to be shifting our incomes more from active to passive as we go along. So that more and more of our income comes in whether we work or not as we grow older. And then in our twilight years, listen to Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 27. Lazy people don't even cook the game they catch, but the diligent, the diligent make use of everything they find. Most people would like to say that they are not lazy because they wake up at 4 a.m., they commute the whole day, they work long hours, they come back in the night, 
but Solomon says catching your game, that's working hard for a salary, is one thing, one part of the equation. The other part is cooking it, which is implying using it uh, and adding value to it so that you can consume it into the future. So your goal should not be so much to work hard for money, but it should be eventually that your money works for you. And that way you're able to, um, to have multiplied. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, Solomon again, wise man, the wisest they say that ever lived. It says this, Ecclesiastes 10, 15, the labor of a fool, so where is him, because he is ignorant, that he does not even know the way to go to a city. He does not know to go to the place of investment, to the place of entrepreneurship. He's just tired living from paycheck to paycheck, but never gets to the point because he's ignorant of how to make that work for him, how to move it to passive income. And so these are just some thoughts on how to multiply what God has given us. So I want to come to that part of the discussion, and I want to open it up, and we'll have some mics going around. And I just want to hear some thoughts. If they are there, and I encourage that they are there. But let's talk and ask, how does this, what does this mean to us, uh, irrespective of the situation we are in right now? You're saying, for me as a student, what does that mean? Do I tithe? Uh, for me who is in debt, for me who is having difficulty putting food on the table. For me, who, who, who's, you know, I'm saying these principles work. And for the sake of our mental health, both now and in the future, it's good to use them. And there are costs to them, to these things. Yeah? For instance, I am I'm 50. Yay! I turned 50 this year, FYI. And I have some things that I have desired to have eh, that I'm yet to get. You know this story of what to say, Sasa, I will get that Mac or that Prado VX. Will I start driving it at 70? Will I start going for <laughs> these things when I'm old? You know? And so you, te you only live once. Eh? This is a time to do things. Eh? Then, unaongea hivu, unaangalea hivu, unasema, aish, wacha ni ika kitu, wacha tuende tu yo trip to Jivinjari, because life is only lived once. You know? Eh? You can? You can hire. Yeah. Or, you know, a good friend of mine, na anajua ni kisema hii story, atajua ni yeye. Na yuko tu hapa. Aliniambia, mi, when I get to 50, hiyo, mimi ni mimi na msupa wangu. Trips, vacations, groundy, all over the world. Uh, me, I'm there, Nico. Hey, you know, even me, I used to have such dreams. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> eh? But here I am because they are, there are some things I have chosen to do over the years that have ensured I'm where I am now, where, where I'm, you know, quite a bit of passive income I can live out on. But it's come with a bit of a cost, isn't it? I told you, for instance, my parents are financially free. We don't depend on us. But they have never driven a car all their lives. And so there are some things that we need to do, but understand that it's, it's, what, it's what our goal is. 
is it better to be like people who have traveled all the world and driven all the cars, but now they are begging in their old age? Is that a better option? Or is it a better option where you have enjoyed some of these things? But then you have ended up in a situation where I still aspire for these things. In fact, VX. Yeah. So so wondering when will he ever do that? He was asking me then and I was like, Yeah, well, it's a nice thing to have. But maybe not now. And so I remember if I if I tell a bit of a story. When we got married in 2007, and this is a power of two, we didn't have any asset in our names. None whatsoever. But because of these principles, we were able to begin to save up and invest. And so one of the things we did is we lived in that same Kenyari flats I'm talking about. For We stayed there for six years. We got a bit of time before getting our children. We thank God that God gave us children out of our own bodies. That's one of the things we thank God for. But because of that, we were not under pressure to move. And one of the other things we did is looked at our jobs and said, how can I add value and become better and even get better jobs? And that's what happened. I think in that space of six years, just because of promotions, change of jobs, our salaries went up like three times in that period. Three, maybe even four times over that period. But we did not move out of that house until we felt we have saved enough to get an asset. And once we did, not one that we, in fact, we didn't start with a house we could. We said, if anything ever goes bad, let's buy a, a house that is cheaper somewhere. So that's what we did. And rented it out and used the rent to go and stay where we were staying. Eventually, we were able to move to a bigger house. And, and, and then eventually, after some other, how many years was that now? Uh, maybe another six or seven years, we were able actually to uh, get the house where we live right now. But it was that. It was that, you know, constantly, we've never lived beyond our means. We've always lived way below our means because we could and put that to something. We have never failed to tithe, whatever income it is, whether it's a bonus, whether it's a, an increment, whether it's your salary, whether it's rental income, whatever income we get, we have never failed to tithe the income. And that's why we struggle, a lot of us, because these principles, like I say, they work over time. They come over in the gym, you can go and do every right thing in the gym for one day. You want to add muscle, but then you go away and come back two weeks later and come back three weeks later. The net cumulative effect will not work, isn't it? It's the consistency that allows you to reap the benefit of these principles. These principles, you will not live by them if you do not believe in them. Okay? Someone says, you cannot live consistently, all right? You cannot live consistently in a manner that is inconsistent with your programming. You catch me? You cannot live consistently 
in a manner that is inconsistent with your programming. So if, and programming is really what I think. So if I think something a certain way, I could live against that thinking for some time, but I will not do that in the long run. You get? If I believe God does not want me to be in abundance, but if I don't have that, I will not last in my abundance. I'll default to what I truly believe about a situation. And so the thing is to look at this, challenge you, go review the scriptures, go review what you're saying, come to the point of the knowledge of the truth where you're able to say, I believe these things. And then out of consistent practice, they result in benefits that can be seen. Okay? And then we've also been givers. I mean, we've, you give, you give, give, give as well. So let me ask if there are any comments. There's a mic that is available. Tufungwero um, Hosetu, let's talk. But the thing, as, as, as you prepare to do that, the thing that, the thing that uh, assures me is that godliness with contentment is great gain. It says that in 1 Timothy, and I don't know if it's going to come up here, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6 to 9. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. If we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. And so when it came to the point where at some point we lost our jobs, we were still able to live within our means. I was even surprised, just, just before that, just before we lost our jobs, we, we changed our car. <laughs> and I remember some friends from this congregation came back and said, are you guys, you're so boring. You've just gotten the same car you had, even the color. <laughs> yeah, but that's what we could we felt we could do because the feeling but to replace the same car X-Trail, the same color almost, just the next model, and that felt boring for them. But then, what, four months later, five months later, we were not working. So if we had stretched out to the next level, uh, we would, not, would have stretched ourselves through that period of, of, of lack. And so we need to be uh, content. Contentment is a big thing. Everybody has their own journey. So if we start looking at other people, in fact, to kenda kwa functions, you know, guys, if it was in And then some people are, na zile gari, you climb up to get in. <laughs> you as you climb down. Zikondani. <laughs> Or you go to some places and being asked, where do you live? You know, those are the things that put us under pressure, isn't it? Or you meet your, your, your these things that people don't go for. Uh, what? No, they gather, what do you call them? Those get-togethers of school, you know, what do you call them? Uh, uh, reunions. So uh, when you look at Chopi, you are like the top of the class. You come with your parcel. And the guy who was in the middle of the class. <laughs> I mean, pressure. You, so you get those things. So you need to come to the point of knowing it's your journey. And it's okay to live, you know, in a manner 
that is consistent with your with your values and for the sake of your mental health huyo mseme kujana gari kubwa might be an example of gym in another 20 years you're looking back and you're wondering what went wrong as i have explained to you i've seen my parents and some of their colleagues and i can tell the difference they, they were in that state those many years but now they are looking up to them let's hear let's hear audio any anything in fact i think saetwa is she here is she here saetwa she shared something on our group on the whatsapp group about just how things will get tougher because of the taxes that are being imposed you know there are people who are calculating on, on a, now your net income goes down by a significant amount especially if you're on the higher levels of earning you will have a significant cut on your on your income what do you do how will these principles help you because if they don't then they are useless to us yeah and so we 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 the, the issue of buffers helps us to keep within uh, such situations where we are able to if if we've lost our job then you have a few months to try and readjust to try and scale down to try and respond quickly i think that one of the challenges we have we don't respond to those challenges of of income changes you've lost your job so we tend to wait and believe god will come through we wait on but as we do that we deplete our reserves and we reduce the time in which we can last uh, through those periods and so that's why you need counsel to be able to know how do i respond quickly how do we respond quickly and so we even shared here the other day some things people do trim down on your on the kind of meals you have sausage hata maya itafanya sini protein maya itafanya significant difference meats what not you can cut them down and go to beans and dengue and all that you're able to trim down your costs of food as you as you wait for adjustments even this eating out ni saw after church family java we meet with the kinaso and so it feels nice the children enjoy it but it costs and so if you're not able to do it cut it down i know we have a group that we have as a marriage uh, group called well, i've told you before b7 and we meet once a month hey if you got time to corner you know we used to meet and then you have hired outside ketara kujana spread and does a spread for you there you eat nicely isn't it enjoy children play but eventually you saw upana this one you need to cut down and so the lady said okay now you bring this you bring that you bring that you bring that the cost went like by a significant amount and so even you for your eating out let's let's have, let's it won't stop us let's find creative ways of meeting the same needs our children by the way enjoy more the connection with us and with others than we think they enjoy these big places so you might find like on a sunday like with this group we'll just meet children will play we'll have games with them simple meal and they'll say daddy oh that was the funnest day in my life and so you can find also cheaper ways to do these things all right and so the thing is don't start these principles and then down the road you start to rationalize bonus imeingia hey god atai unataka ni tithe yote 
Kama some huge redundancy package. You want me to tithe here? You start to rationalize, eh? Because of it. Let's, there's a consistency that gets us to enjoy the results of, um, of this. All right, I have a few minutes. Just a few minutes. If anyone would like to make a comment or say something or express, I just want to open it up. Kidogo. I know we've been we've run down on time, but I just felt that if there's anyone who feels there's Papades Palenuma, give you the mask, Papades. Anyone else before he speaks? And and this is not this is not scripted, friends, eh? So don't feel like I, sh I can't do it. No, if you have something to say, in fact, it's a time to prove it is not scripted. <laughs> Put up your hand. <laughs> okay, someone? Okay. Anyone else? Okay, let's, okay, and then we have uh, Nicole. All right, so let's have Papa Des and let's have Nicole. Yeah. Is it morning or afternoon? Afternoon, church. Yeah, I love the topic of money. I hope it's separate from loving the money. But it's, it's a topic that's dear to my heart. And thanks, Pastor Benson, for just sharing this. And uh, the principles remain. I liked, I was just telling you, thank you for sharing. So this past year, one of the principles I learned last year as I was sharing as well was the zero-sum budget. Mm. And it's interesting how, like, in the family, we give ourselves a significant pay rise without talking to the employer. You know, the money just dwindles away. The truth about, my, my, my dad says, money is like siafu uh, kwa mfuko. I'm looking for the Swahili way. It's like it just pinches you to, to spend. It never lacks something to do. It never lacks. And that principle, as you say, taking away that money. In fact, it's almost like when you take away, especially the savings bits, your tithe, your savings bits, early enough, it doesn't matter how you live. It doesn't, you, you don't even have to monitor your budget because the budget monitors itself. So that's one principle that I learned. But the other second thing that I learned also was the pressure we are under. This image thing is real. I don't know whether you face it as much as we do. When I did my finances last year, I told guys that, I, I think at the workshop, one of the key things I realized my fuel bill was so high and the next day as I was going to work, actually the next week, I, I, I saw some guys in a van. And you know, uh, okay, not to be, um, not, not tribal or ethnic, but Asians. Have you seen Asians in a van going to work? About eight of them. And I remember in that moment, I watched these people and I said, they are also going to work. I have a van that can carry all of them. But the difference is that I am... I am alone. Let me tell you, I made the decision to start. And interestingly, the same day when I arrived to work, I met a colleague also who was going to the same office, and we come from the same place. And they also had a whole, just like a van, actually. How many were they? Alone. And we made the choice to carpool. I remember that's the time we, we made a choice. Why do we have to take out two cars? Let us carpool. But let me tell you, the kind of comments people give you when you unangoja lift, unangoja. You know, people. Director Mzima. Watch your kwanza. Kwanza they add to it. So you're there, unangoja school bus. And Nani leo natoa gari. I'm wazi talker. You know, it's a very interesting dynamic. But for you to resist that pressure that people give you, 
and live your life. And it's interesting the things we've been able to do out of just that saving. And I don't think we are any less because we carpool going to work. And one thing I normally say that, can I live my life in such a way that even if you don't have the job, you can still live in terms of that quality. So I think that one of the biggest things I've found is resist. Resist the urge. You don't know how these guys are meeting their needs. It's true. You know, yeah, but that's it for me. Thank you. Thanks, Papa Des. And that small saving can go into something else because it's consistent. We also have never had, when we got married, we sold, we had one car. We've had one car for the last 15 years. We just find a way of work, working out uh, because we know it's, a, in a traditional, it's not an asset and it's not suffered. And when Uber came, then things then became easier. Nicole? Good afternoon, church. I would like, mine is just a question. Um, there's something about what Pastor M talked about, um, saving three to six months. Like if you lose um, employment, yes. you can be able to cover three to six months, right? So I would like to know how can one save towards that? So that's my question. Okay. Good question. Who, okay, Jonah wants to answer. Oh, you want to ask another question? Ah, that's the last one. Give it to Jonah. He has taken it by force. I'm looking at the watch. Eh? I'm looking at the time. Jonah, briefly. Put in the mic, please. Thanks, Nicole. We'll, we'll respond. Uh, good afternoon. Mm -hmm. Mine is not a, uh, a question. It's a comment. Uh, I am grateful because of the things that Mavuno teaches about money. And uh, one thing of, that I, I learned uh, with what Papa Des taught us about was uh, the zero-sum budget. For us, we decided that we will never have money that we'll have that is extra. Whereby, even if today you come to me and ask me to give you 2,000 shillings, I will not be lying that yes. I don't have the money, but I have committed every single cent of the money that I have. So I'll never have money that just will be sitting. Good point. That's important. Um, Nicole, it, it's, a, it's what you're saying in terms of put aside 20%. When you get your salary, tithe, 20% of it, put it aside. Let the first few 20% go into a fund that you'll call emergency. You say, kitu kitokea ntakuja apa. Then continue into what uh, Jonah is saying and put this aside where it does, it's almost does not belong to you. So if somebody comes with needs, in fact, there are people here I know who they may not be having food, but they will not go into those savings because those ones are committed to the future. And so you have to be very uh, vicious in protecting what you have put aside as you invested. Thank you for those comments. So let me just finish with Ephesians 5.15 as I invite Linda to come and just help us pray over our circumstances. It says, be very careful then. Ephesians 5.15, I don't know if it's up there. Be very careful then, scriptures say, how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Do not be unwise. And so make a decision. Choose to be wise, live by the principles. Now, I, 
I, Linda, please come with, with the mic because what I want us to do is to take, I'll ask Linda to lead us in prayer over just our financial situations. Make declarations in that regard and then we'll close. Uh, pardon us, we've slipped over quite a bit uh, because of the service, but I believe that it will make a difference. But if you, before she does that, the first step is surrendering to Christ. In fact, all these things are about surrender. But the first one is usually surrendering to Christ. And these days I want to be consistent in asking, is there anyone in our midst who would like to surrender to Jesus? Make Jesus your Lord and Savior. Is there anyone? And then we'll go aside and pray as Pastor Linda, as Pastor Linda prays. <laughs> okay, if there is, you can see me after the service. Linda, go ahead. Praise the Lord, church. I uh, will believe and pray over the principles that we have gone through this past month. Our currency while we are doing these prayers is faith. So the prayer includes some prophetic declarations that we would make. So as we pray, please just be responsive. You can say amen or whatever way you want to acknowledge the word. So let's believe and pray. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Silver and gold are mine, declares the Lord of hosts. For every beast is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. Abba, Father, you have everything we need. Heavenly Father, we seek you. For your word says that we should seek you first. We should seek you first, the kingdom of God, and all things will be given to us. Our Heavenly Father gives us the power to get wealth. Let us remember that our God has provided all for us. It is he who has given us the ability to gain great wealth. May this be our best financial year ever. We'll put God first, for the Lord gives us life, honor, prosperity, and wealth. We will no longer live under the curse of poverty. The windows of heaven are open over us, and God rebukes the devourer for our sake. I decree and declare that whatever we set our hands to will prosper. God is liberally supplying all our needs according to his riches in glory by, by Christ Jesus. I speak to the mountain of debt in our lives. I command it to move in Jesus' name. We call our, all our debts paid in Jesus' name and declare that we will operate and function in the wisdom of God concerning our finances. We owe no man anything but love to him. We shall not continue being slaves to the lenders, but shall walk in abundance. We are the head and not the tail. We are above debt and not beneath it. We are the lenders and not the borrowers. The promises of God are ours, and we take them by faith right now in Jesus' name. We are free and redeemed of the Lord, wealthy, destiny helpers and generous givers. 
God is giving us wisdom to handle our finances. He's bringing enduring wealth and prosperity in our families. We declare wisdom of our managing our budgets, wisdom of our managing our expenditure, wisdom of our investments, wisdom of our growing and managing our wealth. May we have financial literacy in everything that we do. Heavenly Father, we surrender our finances to you, for you are able to bless us abundantly, so that at all times we have all that we need. We shall abound in every good work. We are abundantly blessed in our finances because we honor God with our wealth. I decree that as we give, may we open our hearts to receive the flow of God's blessings. King Jesus, we delight in funding the kingdom and we ask that you make us catalysts for kingdom transformation. I decree that as we give, the windows of heaven will be open and God will rebuke the devourer for our sake. We are blessed financially and we receive an overflow as we align with his purposes. I decree that we shall rely on God to supply our needs. We shall give in abundance to bless others and discover his faithfulness to give us power to make our wealth. I decree that as we give, we are confident that we will receive our harvest and with every act of obedience, it will come. I'll pray over contentment and worry. I decree freedom from worry and anxiety because we are giant slayers and champions in the kingdom of God. I decree our souls shall rest and be satisfied knowing we are more than conquerors and born to be free. I decree that as we shall supply our needs, satisfy us and give us that inward rest and peace. May the favor of the Lord in our lives produce promotions for us salary raises, bonuses, new contracts, increased sales in our business. Father, Lord, we seek you. Lord, I cover our children. May our children become businessmen, head of corporations, leaders of nations, dollar millionaires, kingdom financiers, all for your glory and honor, my Father. Father, Lord, we bless their careers and financial lives so that they are not driven by the worldly status, recognition for wealth or earthly treasures. And in conclusion, Father, may you bless us and surround us with your favor. May we have favor everywhere we go. For this, we have sought you and prayed, believing and trusting in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Linda. Let's stand up and close the service together. Psalm 12 says, Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands, in those principles that we've talked about. And it says down there that wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteous acts endure forever. May that be our portion. And now may God's grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, you will have everything that you need to abound in every work of wisdom. And irrespective of the circumstances of the economy, we shall be strong, you shall do exploits, and you shall be abundantly supplied in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Have a great week. God bless you. Wageni wetu, pandehi. If you would like someone to pray with you, 
We have a tent out at the front. You will go there and you will find someone to pray with you. Amen. And there is cake as well. Birthday cake. Yeah, great. Oh.